Yo, yo, yo. Don't know why I said yo, yo, yo. Uh, welcome to episode four. Look at that, episode four. Look at us go. Um, I think uh, last time, obviously, we went through USC 255, and I said I will watch Survivor Series, um, and I have done, uh, obviously, a day later, and I'm fully aware Survivor Series was on Sunday. Um, but there's no one listening anyway, so who cares? So uh, what Survivor Series... Um, uh, the card or the show, I didn't really call it a card. It wasn't really a card. The show was all right. Um, uh, I'm a bit bored of Survivor Series now. I don't know why the format hasn't changed over, uh, I don't even know how many years they've been doing this versus thing, Raw versus SmackDown. I imagine since the very first brand split is when it started. So, what, 2003, 2004? Mind you, I bet it's probably 2005 because that's when they brought out that SmackDown versus Raw game on the old PlayStation, didn't they? Um, yeah, I, I'm bored of that format. I don't know why they still do it. I think they should change it. it. There's no point to any of the matches. They do these five versus five men's elimination, women's elimination matches. No one gets anything when they win. Like the team doesn't get anything. Um, I, I genuinely don't know why they're doing it. it. It literally happens and the next day, nothing's said about it and they carry on. So, yeah. Um Start off with a downer. So the Miz uh, won the eighteen-man battle royale, um, which was a little bit. I mean, the battle royales are fun. They're fun, aren't they? There's lots of people in the ring and stuff happens, and it's it's great. I, I it's just it felt a bit to me like they had a load of talent left over that weren't involved in any of the big matches, so they just threw them all into an elimination match, which didn't really matter. You know, it it was it was kind of pointless. I don't I don't know. They did it so they had some talent and they had something else on the pay per view. But again, the battle royale had no point and no meaning to it. But you know, you had people like Ricochet, uh, Cedric Alexander, Buddy Murphy, Nakamura, Apollo Cruz, The Miz. You know, these are these are decent talent, um, good wrestlers, and they're. They're in this battle royale that literally means nothing, um, and it was you know twelve minutes of twelve minutes of work, I guess, for them. But I'm sure they want to be involved in something that's a little bit more meaningful. But uh, yeah, not 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 too bad of a battle royal, I guess. There's never really a bad battle royal, but a little bit disappointing to see all that talent. Um, to see all that talent in that in that match, and Dominic, the finish was a bit weird with the Miz, Dominic Mysterio, and he thought he'd won, and. Uh, I don't know. Plus, the, the Miz has already got the money in the bank, so why have him win? Why not have someone else win it? I don't, I don't know. Pointless if you ask me. Um, so then we move on to the men's 5-on-5 uh, five five match. So we had uh, AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun, Strowman and Riddle, which hurts me every time I have to say his name. Matt Riddle, I would prefer, um, against... Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. Um, ah, this wasn't too bad, to be honest, if you ask me, um, which I'm fully aware you didn't. I'm telling you. Um, it, it wasn't a bad match to watch. You know, I thought it was quite fun. Um, there were some good spots in there. Uh, there were some not-so-good spots. I, I genuinely don't know what the point of Seth Rollins dropping to his knees and 
telling Seamus to do what you do um, to get eliminated. And not even straight away. Um, you know, after six minutes in the match or something. What was the point? Why did he do it? I'm fully aware that Becky Lynch is about to give birth, so he's written himself off TV, but could you not just have done a quick storyline the week before of how much he hates SmackDown? Could you not have got him to do a just walk off and leave the team and then do like a little video package? Could we not have thought of something, but someone get a chair and beat the hell out of him and then start a rivalry when he comes back? Like this literally, I don't know why he did. It made no sense whatsoever. Um, just felt like WWE organised that he would be off from a certain date, forgot he'd be off from a certain date and just told him to do that. It was bonkers. No idea why it happened. Um, ah, there was a cool little bit where Team Smackdown had a little meeting to discuss what they were going to do, which I thought was quite funny. But um, other than that, uh, Raw eliminated pretty much everyone uh, one by one. And then Jay Uso had a little bit of a, a flurry at the end, which is pretty good because it shows that they're trying to push him um, push him as a, as a decent talent. And I know he's getting a lot of time, obviously, with Roman Reigns and things like that. So that's, that's not too bad. I wasn't mad about that. Um, Otis was quite funny. You know, I haven't really seen Otis wrestle that much. Just some fat guy, but he's quite talented. Um, he did the Caterpillar, which is a version of Scottish Too Hot, his worm, which I found entertaining. Um, Kevin Owens obviously uh, hit a load of stunners and then got eliminated, um, which made him look quite good. Um, and then obviously Matt Riddle eliminated him, which made him look quite good. So quite a few positive points to take out that Battle Royal, but uh, battle royal, uh, five versus five. But again, I don't know what the winner gets. I don't know if they'll ever talk about it again, and I don't know what the point of it was. Um, next was the Tag Team Champions versus the Tag Team Champions, and it was the Street Profits versus um, the New Day. This was actually quite a good match. Um, lots of high-flying spots, Um just a really, really good wrestling match, which is something that WWE is lacking on on a regular basis. Um, it was fun to watch. I enjoyed it. I quite like the Street Profits now, having watched them. Um, the New Day are still good. They're still fun. I don't think you need to break them up. Um, you know, they're getting to be one of the longest sort of running tag teams um, in WWE. And I think, keep going, there's still some legs in it. Um I think you could probably lose Big E um, and he could have perhaps a singles push and you could keep the New Day together with Kofi and Xavier Woods uh, and I don't think it would hurt any of the three. Um, but I don't know whether they'll do that. Uh, I don't think they know whether they'll do that. I don't think they know what they're doing, to be honest. But no, this was a fun one. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's quite cool that Street Profits won and then obviously at the end... The New Day kind of gave them kudos or whatever. Uh, I enjoyed that. But again, what happens now? They both go back to their brands and they carry on with a completely different storyline. It's it's painful. Um, then we had Bobby Lashley, the US champion versus uh, Sami Zayn. Uh, I wasn't crazy about the match, but I did kind of like the storyline behind it and how Sami Zayn was kind of... Well, they're both heels. This is why this is quite an interesting one. Um... And Sammy was obviously playing on the fact that he had the whole of the Hurt business there. Um, MVP, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Um, and he was kind of playing on that. 
but they're because they're both heels, it was quite difficult to care about which one won. Um, so that made that this quite a hard watch, this match, and it only went seven and a half minutes. So, you know, you're not going to get too much out of that. Bobby Lashley won by submission. Um, I quite like the fact they've got this Hurt Business thing going, but it, I, I don't know. I don't really know where they're going with it. Um, you know, I'd quite like to see one of them. Uh, I'd quite like to see Bobby Lashley have the actual title, the WWE title. Um, I always find that stables are more fun when they've got the main belt. Um, or perhaps give them a couple of belts. Maybe they win the tag team championships and they've got all the belts or something like that. Let's get some of that going because otherwise it's got a shelf life. You know, I'm not too sure. But then it kind of reminds me, MVP reminds me a lot of Taz and what he's doing over in AEW at the moment. He's got that little faction. Um, you know, it's a similar sort of thing. Old wrestler comes back, chucks together a faction of new guys um, and off they go and they're both heels. So... Uh, next, we had Sasha Banks, uh, who defeated Asuka. Um, uh, this wasn't a bad match. It was 13-odd minutes. Um, I don't know. Neither of them benefited from this, really. Sasha Banks won and looked quite good. Um, Asuka lost, which is like another loss for her. Um, but both will go away now and start their own separate feuds. This is, this is why I think they struggle with with booking. Or long-term booking. Because they have things like Survivor Series that don't cater for booking. If they changed how Survivor Series worked, I think they'd, they'd, they'd be booking better. Um, and perhaps with a longer view. They kind of seem to book in quarters, WWE. And then you get to the end of a either a SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. And then they tend to reset all their storylines. But Survivor Series kind of throws a spanner in the works on that one. So... Gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but the the match was quite good. Sasha Banks, my, my favourite. I love Sasha Banks. A um, couple of spots outside the ring. You know, they both did the little uh, holding the rope, holding the ropes open for each other, and reversed each other's finishes. And uh, it, was, it was a good match. It wasn't a great match, and it wasn't a terrible match. Um, next, we moved on to the Raw Women versus the. Smackdown women, so we had Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lana and Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce for Raw versus Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Bailey and Talia. Um, this was very, very weird. The actual match itself was quite good. Um, you know, quite good. It was alright. It was alright. Um, the finish was literally the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like, actually it's not, because the fabulous Moolah, or Mae Young, gave birth to a fucking hand. Let's not forget about that. Um, and it was Mark Henry's baby, and the hand wasn't even black. So it, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> but they basically told Lana she was shit, and she had to stand on the ring steps. Then they carried on with the match, and Nia Jax and, oh, I can't remember exactly who it was, perhaps Liv Morgan were on the outside. And um, they got counted out. And because Alana was standing on the ring steps, she won. Now, that in itself is stupid. I don't know if standing on the ring steps constitutes being in the ring, which I'm fairly certain it doesn't. So... Surely she should have got counted out as well. Now, I don't know if I'm right or I'm wrong, 
but she wasn't in the ring and she wasn't touching the ring. She was on the ring steps, which aren't a part of the ring. So I don't really know how that works, but food for thought. Um, I, yeah, I wasn't a massive fan of this match. Uh, again, it's another pointless Survivor Series um, five on five. But when you've got so many people, um, I guess you have to fit these. You have to fit these. You have to fit the talent in, I guess, don't you? And especially when you do uh, brand versus brand, it then becomes a problem. But I really think they should seriously think about um, changing it up. I don't see the point anymore. Um, we had Bailey got eliminated by Peyton Royce. Uh, Peyton Royce got eliminated by Natalia. Natalia got eliminated by Lacey Evans. Ruby Riot got eliminated by Shayna Baszler. Um, Lacey Evans got eliminated by Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan got eliminated by Nia Jax. Uh, and then Shayna Baszler got disqualified. And Nia Jax and Bianca Belair got counted out. And 25 minutes later, Lana won. It just wasn't cool. Um, then we had Roman Reigns versus uh, Drew McIntyre. <sighs> not a great match. Not a terrible match. Obviously, uh, Roman Reigns won. And they tried to make Roman win and make sure that... Uh, Drew McIntyre looked strong and got cheated out of it, um, which is what they did, and congratulations. But now they'll both go back to their brands and carry on whatever storyline they were with him before. So that was Survivor Series. Um, it, it was a 15-minute review, and I don't even know if you can call it a review because it just wasn't that good. I need to really get back into WWE to... It sounds like I don't care. And I, <laughs> I probably don't that much, um, but you know I do enjoy uh, WWE as far as their background goes, as far as their company stuff goes, as far as their numbers go, and I want to get into that. So I will push on um, with WWE, and we will see how we get on. Um, oh, Diego Maradona's died. Interesting. That was probably coming, though, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Um, so next, uh, we will just quick... There's a couple of things, obviously, that are coming up this weekend. So we've got Mike Tyson is fighting Roy Jones Jr. in a boxing match, although it doesn't sound like it's a boxing match. So don't know if you heard about this or not, but check this out, right? Mike Tyson, uh, Roy Jones Jr., boxing. No head guards or anything like that. But I'm going to read you out the rules to this boxing match, right? There's eight rounds at two minutes each. Not terrible. No head headgear required. No headgear required, so fine. Both fighters will wear 12-ounce gloves. Fine. Professional boxing usually sees 10-ounce gloves, but 12-ounce, not the end of the world. Both fighters used VADA, Voluntary Anti-Doping Agency, ahead of the fight. I can take one look at uh, Mike Tyson and tell you that something's fishy there. Uh, both fighters were required to pass a thorough medical to be cleared before the bout. But there will be no knockouts. There will be no knockouts. I don't know how you police that. I, I genuinely don't know how you police that. Um, I don't remember anyone asking to see um, Roy Jones Jr. versus Mike Tyson. But we're getting it. Um we're getting it. We're getting it this weekend on Saturday night. Um, I think uh, some footage got released of Tyson training um, a while ago. And 
he looked good in this eight second clip that went viral on the internet. Um, and I think that's where this came from. So I, I don't know. I, no one wants to watch this fight. We're going to watch this fight and mm, it's going to be boring. It's going to be very boring. Uh, it's going to go to points. There won't be an announced a winner. There'll be no winner announced. It will just be an exhibition with nothing else going on. Um, you know, Mike Tyson's 54 years old. Roy Jones Jr. is 51, for God's sake. Um, let's have a look at their record, shall we? Tyson, 50 wins, 44 knockouts, 6 losses. Roy Jones Jr., 66 wins. 47 knockouts, 9 losses. 5 foot 10 versus 5 foot 11. <laughs> yeah, there'll be no knockouts. There'll be no judge's decision. It will just be... It will just be an exhibition match um, that no one asked to see. Um, but once someone leaks it on YouTube after it's happened, I'll watch it. Hmm... But no official winner announced. Shortened rounds, no knockouts. 12-ounce gloves. I'm not excited about it. I don't know about you lot. I'm not excited about it in the least. But it'll be interesting to see how they both look moving around, I guess. A little bit, tiny bit, not really. Um, but there we go. The other thing that was announced this weekend, Conor McGregor has signed to fight Dustin Poirier in their second fight. Um, this will be the first time that Conor's fought is since January. So by the time it rolls round in January, um, he will have been about a year since he's fought. Uh, Dustin Poirier obviously coming off. Uh, when was Dustin Poirier's last fight? Did he lose to Khabib in his last fight or did he fight Dan Hooker after that? Can't remember. Let's have a look, shall we? Let's have a look. Dustin Poirier. I met Dustin Poirier once. I went to a work conference in Wembley and I had the UFC was the next night uh, at Wembley Arena. So I was staying in the Hilton Hotel and we had a load of UFC fighters staying in the hotel as well. So I, I had tickets for the event. So I went to the, uh, I went to my work event. We were staying at the Hilton. I then finished the work event, met my mates in the car park, got changed, and then went into the Wembley Arena to watch the fights. But the night I uh, went to sleep, which was a, which was a Friday night, and then obviously the event was on a Saturday. I got in a lift, a bit pissed, at about nine o'clock at night, and this tiny little American kid got in the lift with me, and it was Dustin Poirier. Um, and I was a bit drunk and made a bit of a tip myself, but uh, he was a really nice bloke. He must have been about 21 at the time. I can't remember what the card was. I'll tell you what, should we find out what the card was? I bet I could find it on here. I bet I can find it on here. So, I could tell you exactly when it was. So, he lost to Cub Swanson in a unanimous decision at UFC on Fuel TV. Henan Barrow versus uh, Michael McDonald. That was the 16th of February 2013 in London, England. And I was there. So that card had Matt Riddle, who was just in Survivor Series, versus Che Mills, which ended in a no contest. James Tahuna defeated Ryan Himmo. 
via decision. Gunnar Nelson defeated George Santiago via decision. Jimmy Manoa TKO'd Cyril Diabate. Uh, Cub Swanson beat Dustin Poirier by unanimous decision. And Henan Burrell beat Michael McDonald by submission. God, that was a shit card. Um, but yeah, I was there and I met Dustin Poirier in a lift. There's a little fact for you all. So uh, Dustin Poirier, yes, I thought it was. He lost to Khabib and then obviously he beat Dan Hooker uh, and now he's going to fight Conor McGregor. Obviously, this is a rematch uh, from UFC 178 back in 2014 where Conor knocked, uh, Conor knocked Dustin out um, in about two minutes and this was kind of one of Conor's first tests uh, as a champion, or sorry, on his way to the belt. And he finished Dustin in about two minutes flat. Uh, very impressive knockout. Caught him on the back of the head uh, and sort of knocked out his equilibrium, dropped him. Um, and yeah, down he went. But uh, so it'll be interesting. I think people are sleeping on Dustin Poirier on this one. Um, Poirier is a fucking problem for anyone. Uh, and he's grown a lot. Um He's grown a lot as a as a martial artist um, and as a fighter since uh, that fight. So it's not going to be the same. The thing with Connor, obviously, we saw him against Eddie Alvarez in 2016. We then didn't see him for two years and then he got beat by Khabib. We then didn't see him for two years again. And then he Tico Donald Cerrone in 40 seconds. And now we're not going to see him for a year. And we're going to see him fight Dustin Poirier. And not just any Dustin Poirier, a fucking good Dustin Poirier. So I think Connor knows he's got his work cut out for him on this one. This will not by any means necessary be a walk in the park for Connor. Um, if anything, I'm probably leaning towards Dustin Poirier on this, but it could, it could genuinely go either way. But the fight is still two months away. Um, I think it's UFC 257. Uh, which will most likely be in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, if it's not in, uh, let's have a look, venue TBD. So it could be on Fight Island. It'll probably be in the UFC Apex. Um, maybe there'll be a couple of fans in there. I don't know what America's saying at the moment. but So yeah, that fat card is going to be headlined by Poirier McGregor 2. It also has Jessica I versus Joanne Calderwood. Brad Tavares versus uh, Antonio Jr. Michelle Watson versus Arribas. Um, and there's no other fights. Oh, interesting. Umar Nurmagomedov versus Sergey Morozov. So Khabib's uh, cousin is on that card. Will Khabib be in the corner? That's an interesting, interesting bit there. Um, so, little bit on Survivor Series, little bit on that fucking disaster, Tyson versus uh, Roy Jones Jr. And then, obviously, we've had the Conor McGregor fight uh, announced with Dustin Poirier. Uh, so, that is pretty much it. Uh, just thought I'd update you on those few things. Uh, we, we've got next week, we've got AEW Dynamite. I haven't watched Raw yet. I think it was crap. It's always crap. I don't really want to watch it, and I certainly don't want to talk to you lot about it. Uh, AEW Dynamite is tonight, so I might give that a watch and perhaps give that a review. We'll see how I feel. Uh, other than that, we've got UFC this weekend, Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis. So we will be back on Monday to discuss that and potentially a bit of AEW if I can be bothered. Uh, thank you very much, and I'll see you all soon.
Oh, little bit of a bonus uh, segment for you. Uh, obviously, we went through Survivor Series and I forgot to mention the wonderful career of The Undertaker. Um, I, I'm a little bit annoyed about how this went down. I know that obviously they can't have fans in there um, and they were playing Thank You Taker Um and things like that, which obviously there was no one in there. They just played a tape, which is fine because it makes him, you know, feel like that's how he should be retiring and things like that. But for me, the whole segment was very weird. It started off introducing a load of legends. You know, uh, we had uh, the big show came down. We had Ric Flair come down. We had uh, Shawn Michaels come down. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, we had... The Godfather come down. We had, you know, a host of legends come down to the ring. Kane, obviously, um, Triple H, all of these people came down to the ring. Then there was an advert. Then it came back and Vince McMahon was in the ring on his own and there was no one else around there. Then Vince McMahon said his piece which was, you know, heartfelt and lovely. He loves The Undertaker and The Undertaker's got done a lot for the industry and everything like that. Um, And then he disappeared and then The Undertaker came out. The whole segment was terribly put together. It didn't make any sense. You know, you might as well leave those people on the outside. Um, You know, there was no social distancing when they were in the ring. I, I I didn't get the point of it. Then, obviously, The Undertaker came out and he was The Undertaker. And I, I just really think they missed a trick with this. I, I think they should have had him as Mark Calloway, as himself, and give us a heartfelt message about his career. Instead, we got The Undertaker being The Undertaker, saying that he he's now going to rest in peace, which I, I really didn't like. Um, for someone who's been with the industry for 30 years, or been uh, with the WWE for 30 years, been in the industry a lot longer... I'd really hoped to see um, more. And I know it's hard without fans, but as far as a segment goes for the end of someone's career, I did not think it was enough. Um, the only thing I hope is that he kind of sticks around and he is like a backstage guy. He's Mark Calloway. Like, I'd quite like that. Um, but yeah, as a takeaway on The Undertaker's final segment, I was not happy about it. Not happy about it at all.